Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. the 14th 2012 we have survived yet another Friday the 13th which is derived from as most of you well know from the day that the Knights Templar were all rounded up and you know moving on from that that's where all your superstition comes from but let's talk reality for the next hour with me as always TJ Smith TJ thanks for uh, joining us again always love your insight no problem. All right, so we're going to start with the same format as always, news, but um, what TJ and I have discussed that I think we will um, we'll start doing on the regular is we have what's called our New World Order quote of the day. And, you know, the New World Order doesn't exist, but yet there have been books upon books upon books, and and many past presidents have warned us about it. But, hey, you know. Doesn't exist. Go watch the Kardashians. Everything's fine. So our first quote today comes from Barry Goldwater in his book, No Apologies, and it says, in quote, The Trilateral Commission is intended to be a vehicle for multinational consolidation of commercial and banking interests by seizing control of political government of the United States. The Trilateral Commission represents a skillful, coordinated effort to seize control and consolidate the four power centers of political, monetary, intellectual, and ecclesiastical. What the, trilateral, what the Trilateral Commission intends to create is a worldwide economic power superior to the political governments of the nation-states involved. As managers and creators of the system, they will rule the future. So once again, it is just a bunch of private oligarchs Bankers, for the most part, political powers, for the next part, consolidating the world's wealth, bankrupting nations one at a time in, in a controlled implosion in order to establish a one-world currency, a one-world government, and a planetary totalitarian government. But hey, I'm a conspiracy theorist. TJ's a conspiracy theorist because CNN and Fox didn't tell me this is coming which they're both bought and paid for by large shareholders and stakeholders, and they don't care about your individual liberty. They don't care about your freedom. They care about ratings, and once you get that through your head, you are on your way to really figuring out what the heck is going on. So we wanted to cover a little bit of the news today. I'm going to break down some statistics 
about Iran, their military, what the U.S. military has in store. And then we're going to transition off of the of the potential war on the horizon with all the fear-mongering into the financial aspect of things, into the police state. And then at the very end, TJ and I are going to cover some symbolism. And the reason we're going to cover symbolism is exactly what I described in the in the um, broadcast that I did that went uh, mega viral for us, which was like 5,000 downloads, which is unbelievable, about the Olympics, the symbolism there, what's going to happen, what might happen. And then you saw it right after I did my broadcast a week or two later that now they're coming out saying Al-Qaeda might hit and all this other stuff. When, when Al-Qaeda was created by the West, and if for those of you that don't believe me, Go research where the Muslim Brotherhood came from. They actually partnered with the Nazis in Egypt. And then the the Muslim Brotherhood was, once again, run by the Nazis. They branched off, and then to escape persecution for war crimes, they created the Mujahideen and then created, quote-unquote, al-Qaeda, which is funded by almost every major nation, especially the United States and Israel, to go through and menace people so that we can go through and do mineral grabs and those, those types of things. But once again, I'm a conspiracy theorist. People that are listening will probably just laugh in my face, won't go do the research for themselves that stares them right back in the face and says, hey, I'm al-Qaeda. I was actually founded by the West. So anyway, we're going to move into the World War Three scenario with – um, TJ, why don't you take over? We're going to talk about um, – let's talk about Syria. First, let's talk about Russia moving warships in there, what that means, and then why don't you expand on um, the Russian bombers that were actually seen over Alaska, and then we can kind of transition into Iran and the situation there. So take that away. Yeah, um, so now um, we have that once again that the Russians are actually sending – their ships that actually contain um, attack helicopters back to Syria, which they tried to send a month ago, but it was actually turned around. And uh, we also have that um, now Israel is saying that Syria is trying to roll out their chemical weapons, and the U.S. is actually supporting this. Now, whether they actually have chemical chemical weapons, we don't know. It could be just a false saying. Uh, like how they said that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, which, of course, was a lie. And they were throwing babies out of incubators the whole nine. All of that stuff made up as a pretext to go in and attack and gain control. And most people don't know that when we went in to evade Iraq, not to get too far off topic, but pretty much everybody just laid down and let the United States forces come in, much like what France did when the uh, when the Nazis invaded. So continue. What uh, well, one of the things to actually point out is now, even though that Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction, they did have some chemical weapons. As you know, that um, a lot of the men who actually came back from the first Gulf War inside um, Operation Desert Storm, a lot of them were exposed to chemical agents, which actually led to a lot of birth defects when they had children. Mm-hmm. However, the second time we went inside there, a lot of their chemical weapons was actually destroyed. Now, whether Syria actually has them, they could actually have them. Um, that could be a good possibility, or it could just be another excuse. Um, but, of course, we actually see that um, Syria and Russia are standing close together, as well as Iran and Russia. As you now you have um, Iranians saying that, um, that they have plans to build a nuclear submarine. The question is whether they have the capability to is a big question. But um, as far as we know, um, that this Russian ship heading to Syria could raise a lot of problems, 
to see as, okay, is the U.S., you know, already going to take intervention to try to protect the people of Syria against the attack helicopters, while in the meanwhile, um, uh, last week and about two weeks before then, um, on July 4th, and a week before then, uh, Russia Russian nuclear strategic bombers were seen coming in within the 200-mile radius zone of the United States. However, they was intercepted by U.S. fighters, and um, the Russian general, Makarov, he actually stated that, yes, that the Russians were actually testing out their long-range capability. So you don't test out, uh, and, and nothing to keep in mind that a lot of times that these nuclear strategic bombers, a lot of times really haven't been tested since the Cold War. So what we could actually be seeing is another buildup for another Cold War, or possibly a World War Three. Yeah, and and it really can it, it really can turn on a dime. And what <clears throat> what scares me, and this is what I and this is where I try to get past, people past the first level thinking of of just watching the magic box that's going to tell them everything that's going on and everything they need to know is is think about the trends that you experience think about the trends that you see in history and and Gerald Salente really does surmise it and we got a clip from him a little bit later on that we're going to play talking about the economic situation but it really is a trend it's always you start out with a devaluation of currency you have people starting to get desperate you have currency wars trade wars and then you have real wars and that's just the the methodology behind it so you know, we had the currency war. TJ, what was that? About a year and a half, two years ago, where the euro and the and the um, and the American dollar went back and forth and back and forth. And then you had then you had the trade embargoes that we had. You know, with with well, currently with Iran, and and you're just putting all these different you're putting all these different regulations in place to to kind of shut down economies. And then once you do that, then people start to get desperate. And what I want to point out is the is the very large picture, which is. Once you start having – China is always the person to watch because not only are they a huge economic power, but they are also a global power as far as militarily goes. So from an economic standpoint, China supplies the West, and it also supplies a lot of Europe with their goods and services. Well, not services, with a lot of their goods because they manufacture them cheap because they got the nets to keep people from jumping out and committing suicide and they pay them, you know, an ungodly salary and make them work seven days a week. But that's a side note. So when you think about the large picture, if the U.S. stops buying stuff and starts manufacturing stuff here and Europe stops buying stuff because they're going bankrupt, then China is basically holding, the, holding this huge stockpile of goods. That they can't get rid of, and so now, so now they have to find a different route in order to gain capital, in order to fund all these things, in order to fund their space race, in order to fund their arms race, those types of things. So you really do have a domino effect of of when, and this is this is the danger of globalism, which everybody thinks is such a great thing, especially the higher ups. The danger of globalism is that it makes it too easy for one player in the domino game to cause a, a big fracas, and then you put everybody behind the eight ball, and then everybody lashes out at one another. And then you have, just like what TJ talks about, you have a World War III scenario where everybody starts just aligning with, with the other side. So, TJ, you wanted to say something? I think that... um. Um, aside from, of course, if the U.S. and 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 if Europe actually 
start producing their own stuff and stop buying things that you will see that the Asian um, market would actually drop. Oh yeah, significantly. Yeah, I mean, and really looking at economics, like today, uh, we see that J.P. Morgan, their profit has fell four point four billion dollars. No, but and, but the, it was it was a mistake, T.J. It oh, was yeah. just a calculated mistake. You know, we put a decimal point in the wrong spot, and. And that really does lead into the point that you and I were talking about before the show began. This whole area or this whole era that we've gotten into with this plausible deniability crap has got to go away. People have got to be held accountable. John Corzine goes in and steals people's bank accounts, and he's got, quote-unquote, oh, it's plausible deniability because I don't have the records in front of me. It was done underneath me. I don't really know what's going on. Garbage. Absolute garbage, but you know, once again, they're slick talking lawyers that are probably on the inner circle and just saying, Hey, listen, we're gonna bust you for this. You need to get up on the stand, you need to testify, but we're gonna find a way to get you off of it. So just you know, play ball and everything will be fine. TJ, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that this this area of plausible deniability and it not only goes on there, it goes on in the military, it goes on it goes on everywhere, it goes on in corporate America. So it's just this whole it's this whole era of I have to separate myself from everybody else because it's not my fault. It's like nobody is ever taking ownership for anything, and and then when you have somebody that gets prosecuted for something, they don't have to they don't have to even hold up their end of the bargain. It's like, well, it wasn't me, so and they're like, well, we can't we can't arrest everybody at MF Global, so yeah, we'll just let them go. Oh yeah, man. It's, I mean, like I said, um, even how you have the iron triangle inside the military, you have an iron triangle inside these corporations, like corporate America. That's basically what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically um, that we, the corporations, we have to keep on making money, and the lawyers and um, as well as the other politicians, you know, we all have to work together so we can all get paid. And so this iron triangle. Uh, basically works for all of them, and they basically leave us out, and it actually actually hurts the middle class more than anything. And their answer to everything is raise taxes. And TJ, you and I have seen this, and I don't know if you've seen the commercials or not, but I I laugh every time I see it. And I know that I'm probably going to get some backlash from this, but anybody in Atlanta has seen the commercial – of, and Atlanta traffic sucks. Everybody, just oh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and <laughs> let's go ahead and admit it. And you know where I'm going with this, evidently, because you started laughing. But they show this commercial about we need to have a penny sales tax in order to in order to unwrap Atlanta's traffic problem. And then what they do is they show all these streets of Atlanta, and they're balled up in this big ball. It looks like what happens when you pull. When you pull your Christmas lights out, you know how it's just a big ball of mess and you got to spend there, you know, 20, 30 minutes trying to unravel everything. And then at the end of the commercial, it's like, let's let's create jobs, let's stimulate our economy and unravel the traffic problem. And at the very end of the commercial, everything unravels and it's just so neat. And, and TJ, you and I know it. Anytime that the government takes money from you, they're not going to give it back. A penny sales tax is not going to go away. Just like when they create toll roads and say, hey, we're going to do this for 10 years. Once the road's paid for, we're going to lift the toll. Happened here in Atlanta with the 400. Yeah. And they're like, and well, that, and, oh, no, well, we need to kind of keep it there for, for you know maintenance and stuff. And then they start sidestepping about how they're going to keep the tax there. And then you have all these different – you have these different corporations like – 
And it's funny, you have like the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Hawks and all their leadership coming out saying, we need to keep this because – and they always appeal to, to the masses, and the masses are you know, once again the sheeple that are, that are completely asleep. All they care about is, is sports from, from the male perspective and from the female perspective. All they care about is entertainment, what, and, and not everybody, but you know, the vast majority. All they care about is entertainment, what's going on here. And then you have the sports figures coming out pushing, well, hey, this will make it better for you to get to the games. And, and it's just absolutely a joke. So what are your thoughts on the unraveling, TJ, the easy unraveling of the traffic problem here if you just well, if you, you know, just give the corporate, you know, the corporate interest more money? I thought it was so funny that you actually mentioned that because, you know, like now um, here inside Georgia, you know, um, they began to have early voting, um, uh, which actually started in – if you actually watch the news, you know that they're talking about um, to vote against um, that road thing that they actually um, – not the road thing, or is it the MARTA? Oh, it's probably the the, the, uh, the the mass transit rail. The, yeah. And, the the high-speed rail, which is going in everywhere from the megapolis cities, which is planned, but go ahead. Well, the thing is, because, um, you know, MARTA came to Atlanta was the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so funny because I was actually talking to my parents the other day because, you know, they was actually um, born back to like the 60s and 50s. And uh, they was telling me, they was like, well, you know, when MARTA actually came here, what they actually wanted to do, they actually wanted to build like a main line that follows 285. And if you live inside Atlanta, you know that 285 basically goes all around Atlanta. And if they actually would have had built this rail along 285, it would have actually had eliminated the traffic on 285. And it just goes to show you how they had these plans from the get-go, but yet it was too much light right, so they didn't want to do it. And yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> and even with the Georgia Dome, it's like now you see that how they want to build a new stadium. Which we don't need. Yeah, which we don't need. So you want to build a new stadium. And the taxpayers are paid for it, TJ. It's fine. It's fine. It's like, it's like, come on, man. It's like, get out of here. No, but it, it, once again, the, the population is so asleep and they can't figure out what is going on because once it, it doesn't affect their life. Yeah. So until it affects their life, until they go to the ATM and try to get their fiat digital currency out and it won't be there, that's when the majority of the population will wake up. But until then, they're just asleep at the wheel, kind of going through, and and it's it's such a great plan if you look at it from the top down. And I'll get into that in a second. But I just had I just had one of my um one of my listeners text in that talks about how you know some of these large corporations here in Atlanta. One of them has, is a big circle with um that's a sponsor of the Olympic Games. I'm not going to give the name out, but I think we can all figure out who that is. Is pushing their employees to vote for this. Now, when you have corporate interests, shocker, corporate interests pushing for raising taxes. TJ, who got the majority of the bailout money? Just out of curiosity, who got the majority of all that money that we had to bail out these mega banks? Who got the majority of that? Did it is was it Goldman Sachs or J.P. Morgan? That's one of the mega banks. So. And then they figured out that wait, we can sign on all these countries, and it's it's a great um a great book to read is Dishonest Money. It's about 150 pages, and it really goes through how mega banks will actually they they fund all these things and they overextend themselves because if you if you actually get into and we're getting into the financial stuff, which is probably a good transition. If you get into how these mega banks do things. 
they're incentivized by the Federal Reserve to do very risky, very high-yield loans. And that's why you have these mega losses like the J.P. Morgan coming out with their mega loss and the Goldman Sachs with their mega loss. It's because they're, they're incentivized to do this because they know that the Federal Reserve is going to bail them out and sign the taxpayers on to it. But the American public won't see that because they can't get over the fact that they're being sold down the river – and they're being sold down the river by something that has been in the works for for what would you say, TJ? You say that this oh, this man. new world order has been huh. let's say, just like from, the early nineteen hundreds. Right. I mean, because uh, you know Andrew Jackson he defeated the banks, and that's what he said uh, on that his was before the nineteen hundreds. Right, and that's <laughs> what he said on his deathbed: "Is I beat the bank." And then, so what has happened slowly but surely is you're having a financial implosion of the United States. And the and the reason that you're having it is once again we'll go back to the Hegelian dialectic. And TJ, one of the things that, that you and I talked about yesterday, it's part of the Hegelian dialectic is it's what it's called as either problem reaction solution or it's it's a they have a goal in mind. So think of it like this. Think of it as if you have a goal in mind, say my goal is to make um my goal is to make $100,000, and you have a way to get there, and then you have an opposite way to get there. Let's say you have a way to get there by earning money, and you have a way to get there by selling a bunch of stuff. So from their perspective, <clears throat> what they want to do is they want to bankrupt the United States, and they want to take our guns. Those are the two main goals of the New World Order right now because, number one, you have a middle class that's pretty that's pretty well-educated, and they're pretty well-funded here in the United States. So you have to pull that away from the middle class. You have to slowly bankrupt them, and then you have to increase the the dependency for government. So what you will get is you will get this predatory class on the bottom that will always want to go after the super-rich – but it's always the wrong super rich. It's not the mega elite. It's always you know the people that are that are starting businesses and, and and doing jobs and stuff like that and creating wealth. So to give you a really good snapshot, they have to do things in a controlled environment. They have to have a controlled implosion because in order for you to get the in order for you to get synthesis, you have the the thesis and then you have the antithesis and then you get synthesis at the end, which is you have to have a controlled variable on each side. So if one of those variables gets out of control, they don't get the synthesis that they want at the end, which is the one world government, the one world bank. And that's why you see this implosion and everybody's like, oh, there's going to be a financial collapse. No, 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 no. It's not going to be a collapse in the way that you think. It's going to be a slow drain on the American people. It's going to be a slow drain on the world. And then it's going to get faster and faster. And then once it gets to a boiling point, then they're going to pose as a savior and say, hey, you know what all it's from, TJ? What it's all from is that we don't have a standardized currency for the world and all the currency wars or what's really causing the problem. Let's just standardize it, have a one-world currency, and all this stuff will go away. Is that and that's you- right there would be your synthesis because yeah. from the – you know, because basically what the synthesis is, the synthesis is basically is another solution from from the anti-thesis. Right. Right, that's from the antithesis. That's yeah. exactly right. So, let's go to the uh, let's go to the clip from Gerald Salente to get into the financial aspect of things, and then I'm going to go to a, um, a a Craig Roberts clip. Craig Roberts was on um, Alex Jones' show the other day, and I absolutely love him to death because 
not only does he come from a military background, he comes from a background in, in, in the police force. And what he's seeing is the slow maturation of the police force. And I do want to get – we'll get into the police state later. And once again, the police state, guys, is not TJ and I hating cops. That's not what it is. A police state may, basically means that you're being governed by authority, and you're being monitored with authority around every corner. That's the essence of a police state. There's no free will. You have to check in through checkpoints. You're being surveilled, and that's what we're seeing with the drones and all of it. So here's the Gerald Salente clip. Everybody pay close attention because this guy does do some predictions, and they're typically spot on. Anything And what people are really missing, it's not being reported, is that you keep hearing that the Spanish banks, the Italian banks, the Greek banks, the Portuguese, Irish banks are all being bailed out. But they're not telling the other side of the story, the reason why Germany and France particularly are going ahead with it. You know who they're bailing out? They're bailing out the first big loan shark and those are the German banks. The Societe Generale, the the uh, the French banks, Deutsche Bank, of course, the, the Commerce Bank, the, the German banks, the Austrian banks, the the banks in the Netherlands, uh, one after another, they're the ones that loan the money to the lower loan sharks, the ones right. in Spain, and that's all this is, by the way. That's all this is. And what people should really understand is that the banks, and I'm not saying this is, you know, rhetoric, or, the banks have taken over. The big story that's really not coming out of the last G20 meeting in Europe is they're forming a central bank in Brussels. That's what this is all about. If we could centralize the power, then we won't have these problems, just like you have the United States Central Bank. So in other words... Not only have the people in Europe losing their, na their their national interest, now they're losing their sovereignty by the banks being taken over by a central Brussels bank. There's no way out of this. Look at the Spanish bond yields. They're back over 7%, which that's the rate where it becomes almost unsustainable to keep borrowing. And that's after all of that big news just a week ago when the stock market soared right. because the brilliant minds put their heads together and solved the universe. Yeah, the brilliant minds put their heads together and made a, a false rise as they always do, just like they can make a false deflation of gold and silver. TJ, this is complete manipulation from, from the higher-ups and – and what it does is gives false hope to the investors. It gives false hopes to the and, – and you know, guys, I hate to tell you this, but your investment bankers, they're not on the inside. You know, They're not at the upper echelon. Those guys at the upper echelon know what's going to happen a week before. Why do you think these guys make so much money in these hedge funds and stuff like that? They know what's going to happen because they're in the club. It's a huge club, and we're not in it. That's the problem. And that's the only thing that I can applaud the Wall Street people from is the Wall Occupy Wall Street and Occupy anybody that you know they get misdirected and misguided because you don't have any organization but they understand that there's a bunch of crooks that are stealing wealth from everybody but once again TJ it's like if you steal a penny from somebody if you take a penny from that from that little give a give a penny take a penny thing you know at the at the gas station that they used to have mm -hmm. if you just take one penny at a time that's not theft that's just borrowing right well see I mean like the the thing that they the thing that the occupy people don't understand was occupy wall street actually i mean really doesn't do nothing for it. it's on the fact yeah 
they may control Wall Street, but the bankster people that actually control it are not actually even located in New York or even in Wall Street. No, but these see, are that's, people who that's are the misguided. Yeah. You know, so it's like I mean, if you read, if you really actually want to take them down, protesting is not going to do it. I mean, it, nope. it's not. It's withdrawing, not. withdrawing from the system, and yeah. once again, that's what's going to do it, everybody. Withdrawing from the system that's been in place. And that's local trade with one another. That's what's going to solve this thing. You know, having inner inner community commerce. That's what's going to solve it. And then what you'll see is that once this stuff starts accelerating and accelerating and accelerating, you're you're going to see people start to wake up and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. This fiat currency I'm using doesn't doesn't really have a lot of value. Well, it doesn't have a lot of value because it's meant to be that way. It's meant. To be devalued. It's meant to rob you, and it's meant to rob you slowly. So what you'll see is hopefully once the population starts to arise, and this is why this is why there was that big to-do over in Greece about them getting out of the euro because they can't leave the euro because then that starts giving it that starts giving it a little bit of um, a, a little bit of clout to say, wait a minute, this is this is probably the problem, and. And so they have to keep everything going. They have to keep they have to keep the con going, TJ. And one like I was talking to um this this gentleman that I'm probably going to have on the show in the next couple of weeks or at least the interview, one of my one of my friend's fathers who is um who was a retired military was um was uh, had top secret clearance and all that. He and I were discussing that this is the way to get away from the system. You got to completely take the money changers out of the equation. You got to completely take them out of the equation, otherwise they're just going to sit there and bleed us dry. Am I right? Oh yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, like okay, um, I'll give you the perfect example. Um, if you remember the Watts rise after Rodney King got beat, okay. Now, basically, the if you really know the whole entire issue that you know Rodney King was uh, he was beaten by white cops, and so a lot of the black people, uh, well, a lot of my people inside the whole entire neighborhoods of Watts. They began rioting, but what they did was they actually began to riot against their own neighborhood stores, which completely defeats the purpose. Because if you are angry that he was beat up by a different race, why would you attack your own race, like um, companies and stores and stuff? Same thing here. Um, we Okay, these people at the very top are actually robbing us. So you don't go to the bank and get mad at the clerk and try to fight the manager. You don't <laughs> occupy Wall Street. Clearly, these people don't have any power. You could go into Wall Street and shoot it up, and guess what? They would still be stealing your money. You have to go to the very top of the pyramid and take out the people from the top all the way down. Not and, from the bottom up. And let's be clear: when you talk about take them out, you're talking about remove them, so yeah. that we don't get remove any. Remove them from power. We don't get any funny business on our part. Let's go to this Craig Roberts clip, the second one I got, and um, and then we'll transition into into what you're seeing right now that really does parallel the slow devaluation of our dollar, the slow maneuvering into into war, the slow maneuvering and the slow manifestation of the police state. And um, here's the Craig Roberts clip, and then we'll uh, we'll transition into the police state and the drones that don't exist, TJ. Uh, our Federal Reserve System 
has been tied, joined at the hip with the Bank of England and the Rothschilds since the very beginning of 1923. So, you know, uh, it, I, I, had a, I had a meeting with a, uh, a, uh, a, a tr- Wills and Trust lawyer a couple of weeks ago, and we got to talking about this. And, and I said, uh, I said, when we were in my uh, uh, stockbroker's office, and I said, would you get on the computer and buy me 100 shares of Federal Reserve Incorporated stock? He said, what? I said, uh, would you do that? And he says, no, you can't buy stock in that. I said, how come, how come you can have a corporation and you can only have 11 stockholders? And he just, so he's been doing his research. He'll get back to me. And that's a great way to wake people up. You know, and there's all sorts of ways to wake people up. And, and TJ, you and I have, have kicked this around before. I do my best. I know you do your best to get people to pay attention. But you have to, in order to get people to really understand, you have to form it in phrases of a question, much like what he said. You know, well, can't I buy some Federal Reserve stock? And they're like, well, no, you can't buy it because, oh, because there's only 11 shareholders and nobody knows who they are. And it's the majority of them are offshore banks that own all these other banks that own Wells Fargo and Wachovia and Excuse me, that's the same corporation. Now they get merged so fast we can't even keep track. But you have to get people to engage in conversation. If TJ, you've probably experienced this before, where you go up to somebody and you try to explain to them, you try to explain to them, hey, this is all done by design, hey, this is all this, and they just look at you like, what are you talking about? Because you you fractured their reality, (laughs) and people are so – they cling to their reality so bad, and they want to believe that this plastic fake culture that we're in is reality. And and in our reality, TJ, in the real reality, it's the exact opposite. We understand the game. We understand that these are all distractions to keep you preoccupied, and and when they use the term asleep – it really isn't a, a term that I like to use. I like to use the term that people are just uninformed and, and they're just completely not paying attention. And it's not that you're asleep. It's these people are very bright, and they don't have to be quote-unquote woken up. They just have to direct their attention somewhere else. And like I said before, it's not going to happen until their world gets fractured when they go up to their ATM and their digital currency isn't in there. What do you think? It, what do you think are the best ways to wake people up? And then that'll give us a great way to transition into the um, into the growing police state here in America. Because you know the 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 answer, TJ, to to a financial collapse is arm to the teeth and get ready for war, right? Oh yeah, I mean you know really I think. The only thing that's going to wake people up is um, they actually won't actually wake up until after it has actually happened. I believe that um, like uh, a massive global depression and economic collapse, maybe another Cold War, another World War Three, all has to happen. America actually has to fall. The people actually has to have to be robbed, and then finally. After everything has passed, they would be like, you know what? We got screwed. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's how I actually see that. That's how I believe they're going to wake up. Yeah, and and what's funny is the people on the front lines are the people that are waking up the fastest. The people in the military, the people in the people in law enforcement, those are the people that are waking up the fastest, knowing that this plausible deniability that keeps getting thrown around with everyone, nobody taking responsibility for everything. I got to keep my way of life. I got to you know I got to do this for my children. I got to do this for my kids. Guess what, guys? If everybody keeps doing that, you're not going to have anything. 
That's the whole game is if you keep going along with this New World Order garbage, this globalization, we're not going to have anything. And, and that's the that's the whole rub to this entire thing is is that people get blinded by this top – what they think is the top layer, and it really isn't. So let's go to this uh, Craig Roberts clip once again from the Alex Jones show the other day, and and we'll expand on this. I got two clips from him, so let's let's get this first one in, and then we'll expand on it because you, TJ, you and I talk about this a lot. And and uh, you've got uh, uh, all these things about the uh, Department of Homeland Security buying all this forty caliber ammunition, hollow point. That is not used by the military. The military doesn't even use forty calibers. And so why do they need, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of rounds of ammunition? Then we find out that now they're buying 223, which fits the M16 series, the AR-15 series. And, uh, they're, you know, what was it, 1.2, 1.4 million rounds of that? That's not for target practice. And we're seeing all of this uh, 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 information coming out about bringing uh, certain troops back home into the country and training them for anti-terrorist training on domestic soil. Well, who, you know, if you're going to have a brigade of troops, who are they going to go up against uh you know, we're not talking about a uh, you know a group of twelve Hamas uh, terrorists down the street. We're talking about a lot of people. Um, you've got all 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 these things happening at once. Plus, these reports of Chinese equipment being stockpiled in in Mexico and in Freeport in the Bahamas, which just happens to be the largest transshipment port in the world, is run by. Um, uh, Hutchison, Wampoa, and, and uh, Costco. Oh, they uh, admit that the, the Chinese are, are uh, have taken over that island. They're building all those ports and stockpiling. So, so that's a really good transition. And TJ, you and I got a lot of stuff in line for this. So, let's talk about the growing the growing war on the real Americans, gun owners, libertarians, people that don't like the Federal Reserve like myself know that we're getting screwed like TJ said by – and this is once again by design, knowing that we're getting screwed because we have to monopolize everything so the UN can take over, and then we can have our global government through the UN, and then we can have our World Bank, and then guess what? And then it's game on. Here comes here come the UN soldiers to take the Americans' guns. Or they're just going to turn the police and military against us, which the police and the military won't do that. But – and then the UN treaty that came out the other day, let's start with that. The UN treaty, and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the ATT treaty, they come out and they say that we're going to ban um, all trade of semi-automatic firearms. Well, just to let everyone else know… Semi-automatic firearms are considered to be pistols. They're considered to be rifles. Anything that's not bolt action is semi-automatic. So the UN is going to come in with their treaty to supersede the American Constitution or the United States Constitution, which it'll still have to get ratified by two-thirds of Congress in order for it to get passed. But this is this is gun confiscation by stealth, and they even say in in the doctrine that it may. It may be confiscation, and we may have to come in and destroy the quote-unquote unlawful trading. It's just words. It's just this bureaucratic – TJ, the way that I look at it, we're getting attacked by a bunch of bureaucrats, bankers, and lawyers that are basically using fancy loopholes in order for, for us to give away our rights. You know, Al-Qaeda is going to get us so the TSA can grab our junk. They can go into our pants. You know that kind of stuff. What do you think? Do you think that that's a pretty good synopsis of what we're facing? Is just a basically a a band of thugs that are that are smart and using law manipulations and something like this, 
and and that's it. Oh yeah, um, I saw this um, interview with this guy who actually worked for some congressman in South Washington D.C. and he recently went to prison and he actually got out and he basically spilled the beans on 60 Minutes about how all the people inside Congress. Um, they actually um, hire men like him, and what they do is they actually write, like, um, it's not the contracts they write. They basically word it so difficult that someone couldn't understand it, and basically uh, all the thing they really do is basically just um, tell you inside different words how they're going to screw you over. And mm-hmm. he talked about how the congressman, um, was just basically making back deals, and he says it goes it goes on every day in Congress. It goes on every day inside the government. They screw each other. They make money off of the people. They make sure certain things don't pass. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, even today when you go to the banks and you sign other contracts, they just use different type of words to hide this and hide this. But it all comes down to that they're screwing us over. Yeah, it basically boils down to what the what the gentleman and I can't remember his name right off the top of my head, but he wrote Confessions of an Economic Hitman would say, "Hey, I'd go into countries and I'd sign them onto a bunch of debt, and then knowing that they couldn't pay it back, and then hey, guess what? Written in the clause is if you guys can't pay back this loan plus interest, we're going to come and steal all your minerals, or you're going to have to vote with us on this UN treaty. You're going to have to do all of this, and so it's basically we are we are under under siege by a bunch of bureaucrats, lawyers, and bankers." You know, a bunch of guys in fancy suits. TJ, I talk about this almost every episode, but it needs to be repeated. The world government, guys, is not going to come through a black, black-coated black army coming to machine gun everybody and say, give your rights up. They figured out that they can't come steamroll the American public. They can't go steamroll Europe, much like what Hitler did. And I'll just take, I'll just take Europe at the point of a gun. Nope, can't do that. So they're like, okay, let's reorganize and figure out how we're going to do this. Well… We can get the United States to f- start following the communist model of collectivism, and we'll start doing back office deals with big governments and corporations, and then we'll we'll turn the American people against one another. We'll start to slowly bankrupt the middle class. We'll completely have this subservient lower class that we can turn an infight against the upper middle class, which are really the job creators. And then, then they have, and then you have, like you said, TJ, you have the international bankers and the international elites just sitting offshore laughing, going, "Wow, this is so great!" You know, it's like what Henry Kissinger said: the military is used as cannon fodder. That's what they think of you guys, and yeah. these are the most nasty. And we'll get into the Illuminati again in another show because TJ, we have to get into it. And a lot of people get turned off when you hear Illuminati, but. Good Lord, people. I mean, how much more open do these people have to be just basically say, yeah, we're child kidnapping, murdering scum. And, and you're going like. to bow down and you're going to like it because we're going to come in and we're going to do like Sandusky did and we're going to rape kids in the middle of the afternoon and then you're going to get caught and then, oh my God, it goes all the way to the top. No kidding. And really? like the thing is, though, you know, it's not like that the signs are not there because something that we was talking about um, yesterday – um, about a show, maybe we we'll probably do um, next week. Is that how you know that the symbolism is actually all around, from the back of the dollar bill to the American flag to the statues that actually are sitting inside state capitals and even inside the national capitals. There's symbolism that is linking to the Illuminati all over. You just don't. I mean, you see it, but you actually don't know what it means. And this is, and you know what? I just want to give this little piece <clears throat> of advice. 
and I know that people are going to hear this and some people are going to switch off and some people are actually going to get it. But you people that are in the Freemasons, think about what you do to get initiated. Number one, you can't talk about religion. Religion is is banished from talking about – you can't talk about any religion here at the lodge. Yet you kneel before an altar and take a blood oath. What do you think that is? That sounds like a freaking religion to me. Doesn't it sound like a religion to you, TJ? Oh, yeah, it does. But you know what? It's the compartmentalization. It's the plausible deniability that is going to get us into a whole world of trouble. And it's funny that I went to – and I won't even give out the name of the place, but I was talking to a gentleman that's pretty awake, and and he was talking – and once again, I, I – I like a lot of the police out there because because they're really out there fighting the good fight and when they're not out there trying to revenue generate for something that's never going to be able to be you're never going to be able to fund all these different these different governments and they're all going bankrupt in these local city and state governments but the guys that are out there on the front lines and he told me and he owns or he doesn't own but he works at a gun shop and he told me that that a lot of these cops that he'll see that are come in are are adrenaline junkies, and so they're kind of – and it's like when, when you listen to people like Alex Jones and you listen to, to, other, to other radio show hosts where they talk about people bugging their eyes out at you, much like the TSA. They're just looking. They're, oh, we got to – I'm looking for somebody to, to grab, and I'm looking for somebody to do this, and, and, and it's really become a society of, of a selfish, dehumanized class. That is actually run rampant, and the way that they do it is that if you live in these big cities, you're not going to know your neighbor. And I don't. I want to get to this last uh, Craig Roberts clip, TJ, and then we might have some time to go over some symbolism. But what we need to really talk about, if we've got time, is not the symbolism because we can save a whole show for that. But we need to talk about what people can see from the police state and how you'll see the slow maturation of it. And then it might just happen as a complete bum rush, and this is what Craig Roberts gets into in his uh, his third clip here. So here's here's the clip. It could just about anything could kick it off. It could be uh, an instigated uh, uh, set of race riots. It could be uh, food shortages. It could be a breakdown in transportation so that nothing gets to the cities from the country. Uh, it could be a, a lockdown on travel due to. Uh, you know, some terrorist activity. It could be Islamic terrorism that's set off uh, to go, you know, with, with Iran. It could be uh, uh, any type of societal breakdown, especially in the larger cities, to where they have to uh, do something about it. They declare martial law, whatever. And, you know, we talked about uh, uh, General McCaffrey's statement to the Cascue course at Fort Leavenworth years ago. Uh, when he said that uh, with the build-down of our armed forces, this is back during the Clinton administration when they were closing bases up the BRAC plan and all that, and they're reducing the number of planes in our fighter squadrons, reducing the number of ships, reducing the number of divisions, and so on and so forth. He said with the build-down of our armed forces uh, being what it is, if we get committed in, in two or more fronts overseas, we will be forced to call upon foreign assets to police our streets, which he means U.N. troops. And uh, we've been training, you, you mentioned this earlier, we, we, we have trained foreign troops in the past with Cooperative Nugget down in Fort Polk, Louisiana, on a combat town that looks like downtown America. It doesn't look like, uh, you know, some third world country. It, it has a church, it has a school, it has buildings. But they now admit they plan to use foreign troops here. I mean, that, that's in mainstream news now. Yeah. And, and now we've got all these Russians training up at Fort Carson, Colorado. Of course, we get different numbers, anything from 12 to 1,200 or whatever. 
Uh, and, and it's interesting that Fort Carson at Colorado Springs isn't that far from Denver. Denver is where you have Denver, Denver International Airport. Yeah, and that cuts right off before he gets into the craziness that goes on at Denver International Airport. And, TJ, you and I both know because we were talking about this last night looking at the imagery where they've got obelisks. They had that statue of Anubis there for the King Tut Museum. And then you made a really great point about why do they have a statue of Anubis when it's a King Tut exhibit? And, TJ, for just the quick symbolism, symbolism behind Anubis, what is Anubis's role for the Egyptian mythology? Um, basically, um, Anubis is the god of the um, abomined dead. So when they would bury a pharaoh um, after they would leave, um, it is believed that Anubis would actually come and he actually would prepare the body to travel into the underworld. Yeah. So that's the piece of it. And the, and the one thing that I wanted to get into when you talk about what's going to come down the pipe – and remember, guys, this is something that we can stop at any time. But – if they don't have the controlled synthesis and they don't have the controlled antithesis, then their then their you know Hegelian dialectic gets fractured, and they're not going to get the synthesis that they want at the end. So that's why we have to say no. That's why you have to withdraw from all this. You have to get involved with local law enforcement. You have to do what TJ and I are doing. You have to get out and start talking to people about what's really going on, and you have to ask them very specific questions to get them thinking in the right direction. You can't just come and bombard people with, hey, hey, um, guess what? The president was involved with this whole group, and, and they were exposed saying that they wanted to have a communist fascist takeover of the United – or not communist fascist. They wanted to have a communist takeover of the United States. They're going to send us all to re-education camps, and they're going to kill 25 million of us. That's documented. And the Weather Underground went to – or the Weathermen, they went to jail, and then they were pardoned by by Bill Clinton. I almost said George Clinton, which would have probably made more sense that that's how much on drugs and how crazy you'd have to be to, to let these guys out. And you see it. You see it's a communist takeover of the United States, and I told my father this a long time ago. He's starting to get it. I tell everybody – I'm like, listen – we are headed down the path of Soviet Russia. You see all this arms buildup. You see all of this stuff, and then all of a sudden, it's not we got to get Al Qaeda. It's we got to be ready for the lone wolf terrorists. We got to be ready for these kind of terrorists. And then they're talking about libertarians, gun owners, people that don't like the Fed, those types of things. And that's in their documents. And and all you have to do is what do you say, TJ? About five minutes of research, you know, two minutes on the internet, googling this stuff, and you'll have just a complete picture in front of you of what's going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not hard. You can even just read simple news articles from back inside the day. You'd be like, oh, well, even news articles now, freaking admit it. Nobody wants to read it, though. So, And people perish for lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. and that's what it is, and that's what it is. Um, you have a bunch of the worst people that you could ever imagine. Basically, Henry Kissinger comes out and says, "Hey, we're all you're, you're all cannon fodder, and I really don't care about any of the troops. And this is all just to make me money, and this is all just to further our agenda." But and then people just look at you like you're crazy when you tell them that. The ruling elite do not care about you at all, people. The congressmen probably don't care about you at all. They care about their pocketbook. They care about how they're going to get paid, and they care about who's going to who's going to benefit from 
from the vote that they're going to have this weekend. And a great book for you all to read, a great book that will really encapsulate it all. It is called – oh my gosh, I just dropped it and I've got it on my bookshelf for one second. TJ, transition, go into a little bit of the symbolism that you and I talked about on the phone while I think about this book and um, that you and I talked about last night. And let's really break down the eagle slash the phoenix, the owl, and the all-seeing eye and what that means, and then we'll talk about where you can see these things. So transitioning away from the police state that we could spend an entire show on, but just just be ready, guys, that if financial collapse comes and you guys don't want to give your rights up and, and don't want to become UN soldiers, then just realize that that we all have to we all have to stand together or we're all going to hang separate and this is all by design so when all this stuff comes down the pipe and if it does come down the pipe if they get the sentences they want and we do have economic collapse everybody just withdraw withdraw from the system cops military everybody just withdraw from the system band together and start trading intercommerce with one another help your fellow man because as soon as you become selfish at a time like that we're all doomed so TJ Let's expand on the symbolism really quick. Uh, the Start with the phoenix. All right. Well, the phoenix actually originates from India, and then um, uh, the story basically travels uh, across the Asian continent, reaching into Egypt. Uh, of course, you know that the phoenix is actually um, it's a bird um, that actually, um, when it died, resurrected into a fire. And if you actually go back into a lot of your ancient empires, you a lot of times see something resembling um, close to an eagle or a phoenix. And there are times when um, the eagle has been mistaken for the phoenix. Okay, uh, the phoenix is one of it, it is a very popular um, symbolism when it comes to down to the occult because they, I mean the whole thing about resurrection is very popular. Uh, now, the American eagle that we have, of course, now, uh, you can go to many, many, many empires actually have used the eagle as symbolism, even from the Roman Empire. That's why a lot of people have actually, you know, compared the U.S. to the Roman Empire, not only because of our structure, but because of a lot of our um, symbolism to them as well. And as you know, that they also carried the eagle. Um, from my study, uh, I actually believe that um, the eagle was actually um, – more, more so of derived from the phoenix. And, of course, because, as you know, that America was truly actually resurrected. You know, uh, you had the colonies, and then you had the Revolutionary War, and then from that you had the rebirth. Yep. And um, getting to the eagle, um, if you actually, of course, look at, of course, the back of the dollar bill, you actually notice that the number 13 mm -hmm. um, is really all over. Even, like, there's 13 arrows the eagle's holding. You there's, see that there's 13 blocks on the um, on the pyramid. There's 13 um, stars inside the cloud above the eagle. I believe that the eagle has 13 feathers. And it's got 13. You got 13 arrows. You got 13 olive leaves. You got 13 berries. And, and the number 13 is just everywhere. So, you know, and everybody will say, well, that's just from the 13 colonies. Uh, not so much, everyone. Remember, remember, this entire country was founded by a bunch of Freemasons. Yeah. And, and you have to you have to understand that that Freemasons believe in in the symbology. And then you read you read some of Albert Pike's book 
where where they talk about Lucifer being the light bearer, and they talk about their symbolism is is more profound than anything. Their symbolism actually it, it transcends language. So with a symbol, they can tell not only not only the population, but they can tell other members of the Masonic Guild what their you know what is in store. And so let's let's move on to the owl and the symbolism that the owl has throughout history and where you can find the owl in the dollar bill as well. When you get into the owl, um, if you actually take a magnifying glass or if you look really hard towards the right side of the dollar bill, I believe on the front side inside the corner, you will actually see something that looks like an owl. Now, as you know, inside Bohemian Grove, where a lot of the global elitists come to worship and discuss all their sexual desires and things, you will actually find that the owl they actually worship is called Moloch. And Moloch is um, an ancient um, god from the Semitic region, and he is depicted as an owl. And inside the Bohemian Grove, uh, when you saw Alex on the side, you see that they was actually worshiping him, and they had the fire coming out of the owl, and they sacrificed. Um, which we hope is uh, was a fake child, we don't really know, to the owl. So you can actually see right there. And also, too, when you get into Hebrew mythology, you actually find out that um, Lilith, um, which, is, which is according to Hebrew mythology, was considered to be Adam's first wife. And inside there, she is um, depicted as a demon when she left the Garden of Eden. And she is depicted as an owl inside the King James Version of the Bible. So, yeah. Yeah, and you get into Moloch and all that stuff and and Skull and Bones and Skull and Bones always has the owl everywhere and they always have the clock, the grandfather clock that's set 5 minutes fast because they're 5 minutes ahead with their program than will ever be with us trying to catch up to them. But what they see now is they see a population waking up via the internet and that's why you see all this this internet censorship and stuff coming down. Because they don't want the population to know what they're doing. They want to operate in secret. That's why they have these secret trilateral meetings and these and these you know secret Bohemian Grove ceremonies and and the um, you know the Bilderberg group that doesn't exist but it does exist. But they don't talk about anything. It's just the you know 150 of the most powerful people in the world taking three days out of their time to go talk about tea and biscuits. I mean, come on, people. When are you going to realize that we are in trouble? trouble and we are in we are we are facing evil right and we're looking right down the gun barrel at evil and if you guys don't realize this we're all going to end up as um as slaves and it might not be for five years might not be for 10 years but i guarantee you your kids are going to have a completely different life than what you had so Mm -hmm. tj quickly um the eye the all-seeing eye and then um i want to give out some selfish plugs after that all seeing eye, uh, you know, to really to get into the all seeing eye, it will actually really take a while. Yeah, so we should um, probably make. Yeah. Let's do this. Our next show, everyone. Next show will be Saturday at 10 a.m. Same, you know, same channel, Blog Talk Radio. We're gonna get the um, we're gonna get the new poster out. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on uh, We Are Not Cattle TV on our YouTube station. You can also follow us on Twitter if you want. We Are Not Cattle Radio One. And you can also find our Facebook page, We Are Not Cattle, on Facebook. But the easiest way to find us, obviously, is through Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on there. 
you know, get this information, get this broadcast out to people, share it with your friends on Facebook. We need to start binding together and trying to get this get this word out about what we're facing and understand that it's all a designed implosion and it's a design so these people can pose as the saviors and bring about their new world order, one world government, one bank. TJ, closing thoughts, we got thirty seconds. Go ahead. Basically, everybody needs to wake up and tune in, of course, next week because we're covering symbolism, which is very, very important. A lot of things that you don't know that's out there telling you. Yep, and the symbolism will also piggyback into the acclimation, the slow acclimation of the video game generation, getting them ready for the drone workforce. And they're even giving medals to these people that fly drones and kill a bunch of people. And what you see in the video games, which I play, TJ plays, is you get medals for for multiple kills. You get medals for killing bosses. And that's what we're really facing here. So, everybody, thank you for tuning in this week. And um, tune in next week. Like I said, same bat time, same bat channel to steal an old adage. 10 o'clock. Remember, get a friend. Get informed. And get involved and let's beat the new world order, everyone. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.